HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network since 2009. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from about 165 countries around the world, about a million listens a month. And today, I know every single one of them is listening to Tech Bites, the weekly show where we look at the intersection of food and technology. And today, that intersection is in Bushwick, Brooklyn, inside Roberta's Pizza, which is where we have the Heritage Radio Network studio, which is actually two repurposed shipping containers that sit right next to the dining room. We have a beautiful plate glass window with an air on sign, and I'm looking at people eating pizza right now. And they're looking at me like I'm a person in an aquarium, like what is happening over there? What radio is what's happening over there? Today, we are talking with another Heritage Radio Network host. I love to do the cross show, host, bring your show onto my show, collaboration. There's a word for them, what they do now. If this were visual, it would be like Tech Bytes, X, Times, All in the Industry. Have you heard of All in the Industry? It's one of the 35 shows Heritage produces. It's been on the air since 2014, which is a year longer than Tech Bytes. It's hosted by a woman named Sherry Bear, who comes from the hospitality, restaurant, food, marketing, media space. And we're having her on the show because she just published her first book. It's called Chef Wise, Life Lessons from Leading Chefs Around the World. And it kind of sounds a little bit, a lot, a bit like her show. So I'm happy to have her on. The book covers a lot of ground, philosophy, ingredients, the future, technology, and communications. So we're going to talk about the book and talk about her show and what's happening out there in the chef world. Sherry, thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. I loved your intro. Thank you. It just kind of, you know. Flowed. 
Try to. I mean, if it's not flown after this many years, I don't think it's going to. <laughs> well, it certainly it certainly flowed from my perspective. And thank you for the very kind intro. Oh, of course. Of course. Of course. Um, we've been on the air since 2015, January. I believe this is episode 293. Um, you've been on the air since 2014. What episode number are you up to? Because you're going to record your show later today. Yes. Um, today is 360. That's amazing. Well, your number is pretty amazing as well. We're getting ready for 300 in the fall. Yeah. I'm what excited about that. I'm, I'm hoping for Gerald Butler. Oh, okay. The 300. <laughs> <laughs> That's my big wish. Universe. I want to manifest Gerald Butler for my 300. Dreams do come true. I know they do, especially here on Heritage Radio. You'd be surprised. Um, and Sherry's show and book is a testament to that because she's had quite a few illustrious personalities um, come and sit in the guest seat here. Um, but let's back up just a little bit before we dig into the book and the tech part, because I have some thoughts and questions I want to know about what didn't make it into the book also. A question that people always ask me, not just on the show, but in life, when I say, why, yes, I have a podcast. It's about food and tech. How did that happen? You know, why do you do a podcast? Why do you do a podcast about that subject is something people are always asking me. Um, so now I'm going to ask you, 2014, how did you start the All in the Industry podcast? So my whole career has been around the hospitality and culinary industry. And I think it's because I just love the industry. It's just a natural love and restaurants are my happy place. And so I've been, was doing PR, started my PR company in 2003, Bayer Public Relations, which focuses on culinary and hospitality, PR and marketing, mostly representing restaurants. And I was at the 10 year mark and I was sort of thinking, what's next? Not thinking I was going to stop doing PR, but kind of, you know, looking at my career, my life and being like, what else can I be doing? And I knew of Heritage Radio. I knew a few people who had shows. Um, and I came up with this idea. I said, I know so many people in the industry that do things other than other than what I do that I've met through PR, whether they design restaurants or they are the chefs themselves or owners or they do cocktail programs. And I was sort of like, I have all these contacts. What can I do with these contacts? So I came up with an idea for a show on behind the scenes in hospitality, and that's all in the industry. And I did not have any podcast experience before, but I uh, approached Heritage Radio with Aaron Fairbanks and- um, Aaron Fairbanks. Aaron Fairbanks. The original. Is the reason I have a show. The I mean, I- executive director. Yes. We met, we talked about some ideas. I did a little pilot and she gave me the green light and- I was off and running and yeah, 359 episodes to date. It's crazy. I just, I love doing it. I love talking to people. I love hearing their story. Um, and I feel, so I do it. It's always been this like passion project almost of having a podcast and another like layer of my career, but it's, I've, um, I love it. So that's why I just keep going. There are a number of people who make restaurants possible that are not the chef and just given the way you know publicity works the media works the way the restaurant story works the way the restaurant business works we focus a lot of attention on the chef 
it's the chef's idea, vision, food that we go to experience. And then that permeates through the rest of the details. But so many people make a contribution that don't ever really have an opportunity to express that because so many of the media outlets just want to speak to the name on the menu. True. Um, but I do think that's changing as um, people become more and more interested about where their food is coming from, from point of origin to how it got there. As people spend more and more time on their own cooking, making drinks, doing different kinds of things, they become, I think, more interested in the different pieces. Um, so it's nice to have an opportunity to talk with other people and understand the role that they play and how it all comes together. Is the book a compilation of those conversations? It is not. Oh. <laughs> now, it when is I, all when new. I saw that you published the book, yes. I immediately assumed it was a compilation or the starting point was a compilation of quotes and content from 259 episodes with maybe some other things added to it. So my first thought was, oh, she made a book from her podcast with all the people. That's amazing. It's a great idea. I've been thinking about doing that with Tech Bytes forever, and I can't seem to get it together <laughs> to write the proposal and put it together and send it out to a publisher and do a, you know, Tech Bytes war, you know, lessons from like, you know, innovators and influencers in the food tech space, like stories from the food tech space. So yes. I was simultaneously like impressed and then chastising myself for saying like, oh my God, like, of course, of course she did that, but it's something different. Yes. No. And it would make sense that you would think that way. And it's, and, but I'll tell you how the, the book came about. I was talking to my publisher, Fiden, an editor there about some book ideas and a book idea was something on more focused on all in the industry in my podcast. So that we're on the same page. Uh, also talking about solo dining and travel, something I do a lot, like book ideas. So I had some book ideas. This book idea, Chef Wise, which we were calling just, you know, the chef advice book for a while, um, came from Fiden, my publisher. Uh, Amelia Taragni, who's who's a publisher there, she's based in London, it was actually her idea. She wanted to do a chef advice book. And I was talking to Amelia, um, um, Emily Takudis, who's based here in New York, about these book ideas. And Emily put two and two together of like, Sherry wants to do a book. She's traveled around the world for restaurants. She has relationships with chefs. She loves the industry. We want to do a book on chef advice. Match. And that's how it came about. I did not do an official proposal. I kind of, I guess, in a sense, got in the back door, um, interviewed for it. Immediately when I heard about this idea, I was on board. I was like, yes, I want to do this book. And I immediately also got it. Like I sort of saw the vision or when I connected with Amelia about, you know, what she was thinking for a book, like it just, it just was a, a really great match. And so that's kind of, that's how my book came about. And it's all new content. It's all new um, outreach to chefs around the world and getting their advice. And there are some chefs in the book who I have interviewed in my podcast. So there is that crossover. But the content in the book is really its own content. It's not pulled from my shows. 
So you spoke with 117 chefs? Yes. From a lot of countries. Yes. Um, 30, over 30% of the book is U.S. and then the rest is around the world and uh, everywhere, New Zealand, it, Australia, Europe, Africa, Asia. Yes. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, Middle East, uh, yeah. Far East. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Every, I try, I mean, it's not every country. It's not it's every. Not 165 countries. Like no. Heritage Radio Network listeners, but. You covered no, quite a bit of ground. It's not, but it is, and a lot of it is based. I, I mean, I did, I did my research. I did. I tried to have a very diverse list, um, covering you know all different cuisines, different different styles of restaurants, different um, parts of the world. But a lot of it did with my initial um, outreach to chefs is places I'd been. Like, but I'm saying like Julian Roer, who has a restaurant called Odette in Singapore, an amazing. New Year's Eve celebration there solo a few years ago and I met him and I and he's like one of the first people I reached out to because to be in the book because also I commit I committed to doing a book saying I'm gonna have over 100 chefs give their advice so then I was like oh wow I, I have Who to came get. up with the number 100 we just I think collectively we sort of was like that's a good amount to have um I mean I ended up with 117 just from the outreach that I had and asking more than a hundred. Um, but uh, when I, I started to reach out to people I knew who I, I thought were leaders in the industry and the the response was really amazing. Great. People were very eager to be a part of it. And you will know this from working with chefs and knowing chefs. I was impressed with the response time too. Hmm. It was, it was, some of it was a little pulling teeth and back and forth, but it was, it wasn't as, hard, I guess, or maybe it was, and I'm blanking it out, but to get those responses, like chefs are really excited about it and had a lot to say. So that's good. Yeah. It's better to have a, a wealth of, of information and entries to pick from, and then you can pick the best ones Yeah, and to have enthusiasm. I thought it was very interesting. So there, you know, the, the book spans a lot of different chapters and ideas, the philosophy, um, the future, technology, communications. Um, I was surprised by a couple things. I focused, of course, on the technology piece for this show. I was surprised that the technology that all of the chefs really responded to was almost exclusively talking about POS systems, reservation systems, um, and really didn't go beyond that. And it was interesting because most of the responses said a great reservation system, a great POS system, maybe a CRM program, like that's great, we need that. There have been improvements over time in those areas, but we don't like technology. We think craftsmanship, artisanship, relationship with the guests is the most important thing. And of course that makes sense. Those two ideas make sense. But I didn't understand how a reservation or POS system could detract from craftsmanship or artisanship. And I also was surprised that there wasn't more discussion about 
other types of technology, kitchen technology, food technology, cooking technology, uh, equipment, all that kind of stuff. And to me, the commentary about craftsmanship, artisanship, the art of cooking is ultimately the most important thing. Kitchen tech, ingredient tech, equipment, all of those things would feed into that for me. So I, I thought that was very interesting. A lot of the technology also seemed to show up in the communications chapter when people were talking about PR and marketing, talking to guests, communicating with like the world and the media. And again, everyone talked quite a bit about social media, Instagram, TikTok, all those things. And they talked about them in the sense of it being in a communications channel, but didn't really perceive it as tech, which was interesting to me also. So it was just those points. And then also looking at the future, the future chapter is a good one because we always like to look ahead. I mean, here at Tech Bytes, we like to think the future is now. <laughs> um, <clears throat> people talked a lot about the environment, talked a lot about you know how kitchens are becoming nicer, better, more supportive places, which is great. But they talked about the future, you know, ingredients, the environment, how we get food, where food comes from. And the environment and how we get food and supply chain and where food comes from and all those things, to me, those are heavily influenced by tech. So it's just kind of interesting. And I don't know if it's because when chefs talk about things or when they think about things, it's, it's very tactile. It's like, I'm a chef, I cook, I make the food, I put it on the plate, it goes to the dining room, people eat it. And then tech is something, you know... I don't know, very different, because everything we talk about here is tech in a very, very wide, um, we have a wide range of ways that food and tech manifest themselves. Um, but a lot of the things they were concerned about or talking about or looking at or interested in all had a tech component to me in many respects, but they weren't connecting those dots. So my question, you know, at the very top of the show um, was that I was curious, I was going to be curious about um, maybe things that didn't make it onto the page or you having had such a personal interaction with everyone while you were doing your research. What was your sense of that? Wow. Um, that was, I mean, that was so, I would say insightful or just like, yeah, your summary of all that. Um, very cool to hear back <laughs> to me. Um and and all true. Uh, I think. Well, I read I read the book. Well, no, so. thank you. No, but but <laughs> you know, I mean, you're and looking not, at it from a tech. Yeah, point no, of view, I get yeah, no, yeah, I get that. Yeah. And yes, no, no, but but you, but also it's like this is. I don't. You know, I'm usually on your side. True. And not yeah. and and also I've never had a book before, and so no, oh. it was very cool to get that feedback from mm -hmm. you, and um and very well said, um. So. I mean, for one, one thing is the book has 14 chapters and, and it's very dense. It's all text. It's single spaced and there's no picture. So it's like reading. It is. It's a lot of content. It is a lot of content to that point. I think the book you can read cover to cover, mm -hmm. but you can also, I think it's a book you can pick up and read in bits and pieces in bits and, Absolutely. And, and you can even look up a chef in the, in the index and just go and read what they have to say. And you could, you could just pick it up uh, or you could, and 
yeah, read a couple quotes and like digest that, you mm-hmm. know? So I think there's different ways to read, read the book. You also, should do one of those 365 day calendar things and have like one of these things every day. And like you look at it and then you peel it off and you go to the next one. There you go. And my next, great. my next mm-hmm. project. Yep. <laughs> um, you heard it here. So I'll take 10%. <laughs> I love it. Um, you could design it for me. Like we could, we could do one with Tech Bytes too. Anyways, um, there is, okay, so there's 14 chapters and they are by, you know, the, the content in each one is specific to that. However, I've said there is overlap for mm-hmm. sure oh, yeah. between chapters and it's so, so yes, for communications, PR marketing and talking overlapping into tech and I knew tech into the future for sure too. Um it's interesting you talking about how the chefs didn't really uh, talk about the cooking type technology and it was more the front of the house operations. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even something like, uh, you know, there's, I mean, even like sous vide, you know, it's yeah. like immersion circulators. Everybody does that now. Well, or even like ingredients or, you know, utensils or I don't know, like anything, even, even, you know, like, even though that's a little passe now, I mean, like dry ice, liquid nitrogen. I mean, even a a scale is a tool, a ruler is a tool, you know, that's kitchen technology also. Yeah. Well, my reasoning behind maybe that why it wasn't focused on that is a little bit how when I approached the book, I did not ask every chef or give topics, all the same topics to every chef because I tried to fill the book up right. too. So the tech chapter, um, well, it's like a potluck, you don't, you know, you, if you let people bring what they want, you might wind up with like a bunch of side dishes and no main courses. So you have to yeah. sort of ask people to bring something specific. Right. So it's well-rounded. <laughs> exactly. Like that. So, so, but into that, um, so specifically it could have been even on like, if I was didn't approach a chef who was as much of a sous vide or like a techie kitchen person, that of why that was wasn't a part of their response, but also I left it to the chefs of really what they wanted to contribute to the book, even though I guided them. So for what instance, was the most important thing to them, or yeah. what was top of mind to them, or the thing the thing that they learned so that you would be sure to get the critical piece of information from each right. chef. Right, which is why some chefs are in multiple chapters and some are only in one and some shared a thousand words on a subject and some wrote a few sentences. And I even, I mean, a chef, Paul Carmichael, I don't know if you remember him from New York. He worked with Momofuku Group for a while and he was out in Australia, Saboa. And um, he's in the book and I asked him specific questions and topics and he got back to me and had his 10 chef commandments. And I said, great, we'll put it in the book because that's like what he wanted to contribute. Mm -hmm. So I don't think, or I know, I don't think I asked, I don't remember if I asked him specifically on the tech chapter, but I'm just saying as an example, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't like require the chefs to be like, you have to give me answers about this subject. But I think that's very telling if everyone, not everyone, but if there's a commonality to response, I think that shows a commonality of point of view. Yeah. And if the chef point of view is that tech is POS, that's interesting to me. Yeah. And I think they, I mean, from the examples you gave, they are, they were looking at, 
yeah, the reservation systems, mm-hmm. the things that make more operations for right. their business. Of course. Um, and I like that there were chefs gave specific examples of the tech they use mm-hmm. or even, I know John George is in that chapter and he, he noted- up? He noted WhatsApp yeah, as their the communications, mm-hmm. which I could have been in communications yeah. chapter, but it was like, yeah, he was like, saying, was operational, this is, yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, this is what we use. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's cool um, to hear what, what actual products they're using. Also, also this book was put together in 2021, 2022 coming off or pandemic. still kind of in the mm-hmm. pandemic. So delivery, those, like those sort of front of mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think that's another reason why that um, answers went in that direction. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, we are going to take a look at the future and find out who's sponsoring the show. Did you know Heritage Radio is a 501c3 nonprofit? We keep the lights on and the mics hot out of the generosity of our members, many of whom are listeners like you. And if you are a listener and not a member, you could be. We also get supported by grants and underwriters like this one. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick with multiple locations in New York City, Long Island, and Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. You are listening to Tech Bites, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network, where we look at the intersection of food and technology... Do you have an interesting technology story? Are you an innovator, an influencer? Do you have a little startup? Maybe you know somebody who does. Maybe you think they would be great on the radio. Give us a shout. Techbytes at heritageradionetwork.org. Find us on social media at techbyteshrn. We're very interactive. We would love to hear from you. We actually have turned radio into shows like Cold Pitch from a listener. Um, so you never know. We've been on the air since January of 2015. That's a lot of shows and a lot of content. We absolutely have room for one more. Today, we are talking to one of my fellow HRN hosts, Sherry Bear. She hosts a show called All in the Industry, and she's been on the air since 2014. She has just published her first book called Chef Wise, Life Lessons from Leading Chefs Around the World, published by Fadon. And it is interviews with 117 chefs from around the world. The best advice they can give you if you want to be a chef, work in a restaurant, or maybe you're just interested in finding out what chefs think about. Sherry, tell us where people can find the book and where they can find you. So the book is available wherever books are sold. (laughs) Like that. Perfect. Yes. Um, Yeah, it's available. It's at uh, Fiden's website, Fiden.com. 
Okay, perfect. Their Instagram is Fiden Press mm-hmm. at Fiden Press. Um, my Instagram is at Sherry Bayer at Bayer PR and at All Industry. I've been using the hashtag ChefWise Book, um, but the book is available. Any really, I've been I've been having a fun time going around to bookstores in New York City and finding my book and signing copies. I've found it at. Rizzoli and at Barnes and Noble and at Kitchen Arts and Letters. And so it's, it's really, it's really, say, I hope it's everywhere. It should be It's in most (laughs) bookstores and the local ones are great to support. So, but you can also find it on Amazon, which is awesome. Do you have any events coming up this summer that people can attend anywhere in the world, anywhere in the 165 countries that we have Heritage Radio Network listeners? Um, I'm in the works of planning stuff. I just did a talk um, a couple of days ago at um, ICE, uh, Institute of Culinary Education, talking about the book to the students. I'm looking to do stuff more at some culinary schools. Uh, so I think because aspiring chefs, young cooks, I think this book certainly will resonate with them. Um, and I'm also looking into doing some some conferences. I'm planning to be at Food on the Edge, which is out in Ireland mm. in October. That sounds lovely. And I've never been to this conference, and I'm going to be a speaker. So anyone out there <laughs> want to come find me in Ireland, I will be there. Um, but I'm, I'm in touch with the chefs in the book and looking. I mean, I love to travel, and I would like to collaborate with different chefs and go – whether it's uh, getting back to Santiago, Chile with Rodolfo Guzman, maybe at his restaurant, to like, I've never been to Dubai. I have a bunch of chefs there thinking. So I'm just trying to figure out what my my own personal book tour is going to look like. Is it interesting for you to be on the other side? I mean, you mentioned that earlier in the show that typically you're interviewing people, you're asking questions, you work in PR and marketing as a publicist. So that is also somebody who is... Um, you know, sometimes behind the scenes, managing the conversation, very rarely being asked the questions. You know, the more I, I, it's interesting because I haven't been on this side much at all. Now I've now with the book over the past few weeks, I've been doing interviews. So I think I'm getting more used to it. Um, It's interesting though, doing my own PR for myself, for the book, because I'm like booking, so I'm like doing the PR and booking the gig, and then I have to do the gig. I'm the the one being interviewed. So, um, but I think this is fun. Like this is like I don't know. I had this dream project to work on for me, working with chefs around the world as a collaborating with them, and I feel very honored that they are part of my book. That they gave so much amazing advice. And that I have this opportunity. So it's fun for me. I just, I need more time in the day is the only thing. (laughs) We all need more time in the day. All of us. All of us need more time in the day. Too many things to do. Not enough time. What was the, what was the story or anecdote or advice that you really wanted to put into the book, but couldn't for, for whatever reason? Didn't fit, maybe controversial, not maybe a little too spicy. There really wasn't, to be honest. I mean, really, the content I collected is in the book. 
Um, it wasn't, we barely, we didn't edit. I mean, we edited like dramatically like to clean up. We cleaned up a little bit, but we tried to leave it in the, we did leave it in the chef's voice. And which is why I think um, even though there might be content in the book that repeats itself from the same subject, but I think it's coming from, it's in the chef's own words. And so I think that makes it interesting. I also find that it's um, any repetition for me, at least uh, just gave, see, knowing that chefs in across the world felt the same way about a subject felt like, uh, you know, comforting or just like, kind of like, oh, like this is, this is the consistency felt um, good to know that this is how chefs think generally. Um, so, but I don't know if I had anything that I was like, I can't put that in. So you get it all. You got to get your copy of Chef Wise. Get it all. <laughs> Are you working on the next book? What's the next book? I'm not working on anything right now. I mean, I don't, I did. People I mean, usually have the idea for the second book before the first one is finished. Well, I think the things that I've been talking about and the things I do, you know, from my show or my, yeah, solo dining and travel is something I've, I've done a lot and I don't know exactly. People have told me I should do a book on it, you know, and I, I think though that all that solo dining and travel I've done prepared me to do this book because that's how I know a lot of restaurants and chefs and I'm familiar with the train, I guess you say, but, um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Bo books, books are, cause you, you haven't done a book, have you? Or you're I, I, book? I did a book, not my own book, um, a long, long time ago when I had a PR company. Um, one of my clients yes. was a chef named Christian Delouvre at Les Pinas, which okay. was a restaurant at the St. Regis Hotel. Uh, it was four stars in the New York Times. It was one of six four-star restaurants at the time. There was no Michelin Guide in New York at that time. Um, so the New York Times four stars was the pinnacle of review status. And one of the projects that we did together was he got a book deal to write a book, which was autobiographical, which sort of followed his journey um, as a young stage in France and different places that he cooked through, culminating at Lespinas. And I wrote the book with him. I was the co-author. So it's Christian Delouvray and Jennifer Leitzi. If you go to Google or ISBN, my name is there. And at the time, that was the, that, that's the only book I've worked on and published. So then you know, you mm -hmm. know what it takes. It's a lot. A book is a lot of work for yeah, anyone listening and that, was, that, that was content and one. recipes and photography yeah. and archives. And I mean, his, one of his first restaurant jobs, I remember this vividly, was at Café de la Paix in Paris when he was very young, maybe like 14 or 15. And it really kind of set a lot of who he was as a chef. And I was on a trip to Paris and I'd been in touch with the hotel management because the hotel has been there forever and will be there probably forever. And I actually went and um, they let me sit in the hotel archives in some, you know, back office, like in, you know, a stairwell and looked through all of the stuff that they had from that period of time. And I actually found like menus and a photo of like the brigade with like him and the chef and 
things like that. So that was really fortuitous, and that wound up being in the book. So it was it was interesting. It's an interesting story because um, it's a little more personal than the traditional restaurant recipe book. And especially for that time, this was a long time ago. I think the book came out in 2004, maybe. <laughs> Something I, I, like 2003. I take 2004. Sounds sounds Something about right. Like that 2000, <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it took it took a long. I mean, that book took a long time. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, so you know, I mean, books, books. My books does not have recipes. Does not have photos. It's words. Um, it was a lot of you know curate was curating it, putting it together, making a a lot of outreach and getting getting all this advice. Um, it was a lot, and I don't. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I would, t- I would totally do another book, but it has to be like the right, the right fit, the right. I don't know, be in the right place in where I am, wherever I am with my career, which is kind of everything hasn't been planned. But I've done a lot of things <laughs> gonna, along the way. Are you going to do a Chef Wise episode of All in the Industry? I did on, I did a bit of a one. Um, when the book came out, uh, talking about talking about it, I haven't. I don't know. People have suggested having someone, like, actually interview me on my show, but I kind of gave um, on our publishing date. I talked a lot about the book. I've been talking about it on the show and interviewing chefs in the book. So um, I'm going to continue to do that because I've I had, know like, someone who would be a really great interviewer on your show. Okay. Um, I might be looking at them, <laughs> but, um, but I've had, I've done shows, I've done shows with David Kinch and Nikki Nakayama well, and you've uh, talked and to so many of these people, they're, which they're is why yeah. I actually thought it was a, started with a compilation from the show. Cause yeah. I just assumed that, Oh, like she's talked to all these fantastic people that must be pulling this out and then putting it into a different medium. And then maybe with some new content added into it. But I, when I saw it, I, that's exactly what I thought it was. Yeah. Well, and I don't think that's a bad thing, but it's not. Um, and there is a similarity even, too, with my show. On all of my episodes, I I tip it off with a PR tip, which has turned into, they are, at first when I started, they were very PRE, you know, with like, have a good subject line in your email mm. or, you know. Um, but Watch for turned, character counts or yeah. else the spam net kicks you out. Yeah. <laughs> Could be one. Um, mm-hmm. They, um, but my a lot of my tips are life lessony because I, I'm at three fifty nine episodes at this right. point. They and I keep coming up with new ones somehow. But um, it ties in a little to the concept of this book, and and also sometimes I think when when people are interviewing me and talking about the book, and such as like David Kinch, who's in the book, and I've had in my podcast, and I recall things from our conversation or like things that he uh, that I know about him and I'll be like was that from the podcast or was that from the book um because it does cross or was over that from dinner at the restaurant or from dinner at the mm-hmm. restaurant which I was lucky to dine at man race mm. where it did close so I dined um, at man race a long time ago yeah. yeah yeah so I feel very lucky that I have this opportunity to talk to chefs, to collaborate with them, to dine at their restaurants. I mean, it's like my work life as and social life has just combined into one. But the fact that work is traveling and 
checking out amazing restaurants around the world is is pretty nice. So mm-hmm. I'm very grateful yeah. that I somehow got here. Yeah, it's a good life. Yeah. I mean, you could also spin off and do it like restaurant owner wise or pastry chef wise or yeah. sommelier wise or Absolutely. any of those things and do like a whole series going around the table of, you know, the different stakeholders in a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, there are there like to say there are a few pastry chefs sprinkled in the book. Like mm-hmm. they, I we'll just far by saw had some nice things to say. Who is that again? Is Will Goldfarb, yeah, room for dessert, yeah. who's now I, in Indonesia. He's in I've and I've been to his place in Bali. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um it was yeah, I was glad to see he was he's a part of it. I have Claudia Fleming in the book and she also talks about in mentorship like she she calls out Tom Colicchio who's also in the book. So it's a little of that fun uh interaction or um, between the chefs but it's mostly it's I mean there's a few pastry but it is mostly savory chefs or chef a lot of chef owners too restaurateurs so uh tried to mix it up well chef wise life lessons from leading chefs around the world by sherry bear also host and producer of all in the industry on heritage radio network if you're interested in the industry and chefs and PR and marketing, she's got 360 episodes for you to choose from. You can go to heritageradionetwork.org, look up her show, and you can find them all there. Or you can find it on your favorite podcasting platform because our shows on Heritage Radio Network are powered by Simplecast, which means they're everywhere. I want to thank Sherry Bear for coming on the show and sharing thoughts about her book. It's always nice to have another host come on. It's always fun. I want to thank Armin for being in the booth and making live radio possible. Heritage Radio Network for all the listenership and the great platform. Roberta's for the shipping container. And you, our listeners. I mean, I would still be having a great conversation with a really interesting person, but it's nice to know you're out there listening. I'm Jennifer Leitze, and this is Tech Bytes. This show is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.